Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Situation Room. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Situation Room. I am here with my co-host, Gabe Ferguson. I'm Jordan Coe. You guys can find us on Twitter. Um, I'm at Raven Sit Room. He's at Gabe Fergie. Um, we've been enjoying this season, at least from a, a podcast and kind of doing this hot take and follow up perspective so far. But um, geez, Gabe, what a frustrating week for this Ravens team. You know, I, for, for as much fun as we might have been having with this format and what we're trying to do here, um, this game was the absolute definition of frustration. <laughs> overall and uh well you know I, I going back and rewatching this game frustration is the only word that i can possibly i i can possibly have because it just felt like or maybe murphy's law it felt like pain everything, have a pain yeah <laughs> that too right like everything that could possibly have gone wrong at any various point actually went wrong um and you know geez ugh. yeah I, I mean that's pretty much this game i think you know easy to forget this is only the third game of the season you know the team and then we'll talk a little bit more about this but you know there's still some things that are being worked out i mean i think especially offensively um and the other thing to remember in the context of this is just how many players the ravens are missing um and lost even more in the course of this game i know we talked last week about you know the depth um of, of the team and how that really supported them in week two and, and that really critical victory and I think to a certain extent, you know, the depth was was good, um, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But I think just key players going down um, just really hurt them um, repeatedly. Um, and it's something that, you know, is really kind of hard to control for. I mean, they had basically nobody who was inactive that was um, not hurt. So <laughs> that just kind of goes to show you, like, the amount of players that were, were missing. And then... The players that were obviously inactive were also a lot of your starters. Like they were not like just random players that would be like depth for you. So, um, all all that said, you know this was still a very winnable game. Um, I, I think obviously, you know, if you're looking at both sides of the ball, defense really held their own and and did more than what you could ask. I think in, in any given and they consistently got the ball back. They played their bend but don't break. Um, you know, the one touchdown they did let up was on. Um, kind of a short field and then you know <laughs> unfortunate to have like potentially a missed like opi they hit up the final for touchdown sure. there um so like it's frustrating for sure um but you know i think going back and re- watching through this you know there's a lot of positive things that you can take away and if you kind of ignore like the ugly you know there's good things i think that we can find here that's not exactly what i t- the purpose of this podcast but um it wasn't all bad. And I think, you know, there's things to build on. And that, that's what I think we need to think about moving forward and how can they address what was bad and, and, you know, keep the good things. And hopefully that will come together, especially over the course of the season. Well, and, you know, something that you talked about a few podcasts ago was the depth of this team being a strength of this team. And I think there's a tribute, a subtle tribute in the overall performance of what was seen in this game that um, the depth really did show up. I mean, it just, is just like I said, Murphy's Law. When things needed to go wrong, like they went wrong in this game, and I can think of seven different plays that if they would have gone differently, likely the Ravens would have won. Um, and some of those were penalties and calls on the officials. Some of those were decisions by the Ravens, like by the Raven Ravens coaching staff. Some of those were like actual performance things, like Moon not falling on that fumble at the end of the game. Just like a handful of like, or at the end of the half, just a handful of different things that like would have been enough to completely alter the outcome of the game in their own right. And so, yeah, you can't blame the refs for losing this game, but like, gee golly, like I, I after going back and rewatching it, it I, I don't understand. I saw this in a couple spots um, on social media, basically saying where was the where was the referee that's supposed to be lined up over center 
about 15 yards down the field. That's his call on the Zay Flowers crosser that didn't get called. There's no ref there, and there's no ref all the way back until behind the safeties. And so part of the reason why I don't think it got called is because nobody was looking, right? Um, but also Zay Flowers said after the, after the game that he was going to take that to the house. Like, there was enough space. Like, he, he saw it. He knew what he was going to do with it. That was, that was game over. Um, so it's just – you can just point to so many different moments where they should have won this game. Um, you know, one of the other things that, you know, I'll just throw out there now about this game was that it seems like the Ravens kind of struggle in the weather, at least right now. You know, we saw them in Houston kind of seem out of sorts a little bit and out of whack. Things felt kind of rushed. You didn't see guys kind of like slipping per se in this game, but like, there were certain plays where it just felt like certain things should have happened that would were better than the outcomes that they were. Uh, at times, it just felt like, I mean, and maybe Mark Andrews is just, like, not fully healthy yet. Like, he was just not getting the kind of separation on crossers and in routes that he usually is getting um, and some decisions like that or some things like that. So, um, you know, it's hard to take much more away from this game other than this is, is a game that they should have won. But, you know what, you look back at 2019, a year where the Ravens were the one seed, a year where they dominated. It's also a year that they lost in week three. Um, in pretty frustrating fashion, if I recall, after a pretty close win in week two, um, and then lo- and then lost pretty badly in week four to uh, of no no other team I think than Cleveland. So you know we're looking at the same kind of situation where you can't let it get away, but you got to be at least buoyed by the potential health of this team. We saw Stanley back at practice. We saw Linderbaum back at practice. We saw Marcus Williams back at practice. Gus Edwards is not in the in. Um, the concussion protocol, all intents and purposes, look like Mark, uh, Marlon Humphrey is going to play, even though he didn't practice this week. I think we'll probably see him on a limited, li- limited availability in practice, but ready to play kind of situation. And especially, you know, all those guys didn't go on the IR for a reason, so it's not a surprise to see them back and and have a shot at them being able to play. So hopefully, hopefully the Ravens are about to get on the other the, the other side of this kind of overall um, injury situation for the team and and they're they're gonna rate the ship that none of the well the Bateman injury is kind of the lingering one here um, from last week but um, you know he just can't seem to stay healthy yeah um, a lot of good points I, I think you know getting healthy is is really what's gonna like kind of lift the team more than anything else I mean obviously like all these like not just starters but high caliber starters not playing for you is really um, a, a big blow and you know especially in these next two weeks where they're playing on the road against divisional opponents um, coming away with win and one or two of those matchups will be huge for the rest of the season um, really sets them up nicely um, in the division and in the AFC so um, I, I'm, I'm definitely optimistic about the about the injuries you never know like who else might might go down but um, getting those players back will, will make a make a big impact um, offensive line was definitely an area of concern. I think after this game, you know, there was some, there was a lot of pressure that was allowed. Um, you know, some of that came from a player who wasn't hurt and wasn't a backup. So we'll see about that. You know, Kevin Zeitler hasn't been the best um, so far through three weeks. So um, hopefully that's something that, that uh, you know, he can, he can build on. Hopefully he's not like nursing nagging injury or anything like that. Um, and, you know, he can get back to kind of being the player that we saw over the past couple of years, because, you know, going up against some really stout defensive fronts in the next couple of weeks, you know, he needs to be at his best. So um, there's, there's a lot of things that, you know, I think we can expect to get better. Um, but, you know, overall, just getting back to the, this game, like it's, it's funny because so far, I think the Ravens like scripted offense has been really good. Um, you know, we, we saw, you know, very consistent early drives that they look really good. You know, it's kind of like, I think I even tweeted, you know, the offense looks so easy and it's, it's, it's a nice, you know, 180 kind of from what we've seen in, in years past, recent years, especially where the offense kind of looked like a struggle. Um, and it, it, they moved down the field the first drive so easily got a touchdown, got the ball back. They're moving down the field again. And then that turnover happens. And that turnover is kind of just like the, just the turning point that led to, you know, the snowballing effect of like one thing after another, you know, one mistake here, one kind of unfortunate situation there, um, a bad snap, uh, a sack on third down where Makari just gets like beat off the snap. Um, you know, it, just like a, a, th- a turnover by, by Lamar on, on another r- really poor pass protection play where he looked like he wanted to throw the ball and, and kind of like didn't 
and pulled it back down and then it got um it looked like it was almost a, a tuck rule situation but not quite um you know all those things um added up into like a, a first half that was just like hard to watch and like easy to forget um so like like you mentioned earlier any of those plays kind of go differently um then we're talking about a completely different game like they could have easily gone on 14 nothing in this game if not for that drake fumble like and, and that probably would have been an insurmountable lead at that point in the game and like it just it just gave them a chance to get get back in it and stay in it and and the ravens were never able to put their opponent away in this game which is um you know it's it's not what i think I, i'm going to expect out of, of the offense moving forward so i think you know you kind of chalk this game up to what it is address the mistakes that you can and hope that you just execute better on game day in, in the coming weeks. Yeah. So let's get into some of our hot takes here and, and whether or not we were just caught up in emotion or, or not. And I'm going to start with mine because I am caught up in emotion on it and I still am. I, I think that this game was definitively lost by the coaching um, and Harbaugh all but intimated that that was the case when in his press conference after this game when he agreed with my take, which was that he should have taken a timeout there when the directive was to do something that didn't make sense at all whatsoever. And it's just, I still can't get over, I can't get over how that happened. You know, I, I like, like we, you know, we saw on the TV screen, what the time was, was nobody in this entire stadium looking, you know, from a coaching staff perspective, looking at the clock. Yes. There's some responsibility for the referees for sure in that situation where they need to make sure that it's articulated to the coaching staff um, and that there's an appropriate like play clock adjustment or some kind of way to make an adjustment around that if they told them really late. But at the end of the day, you know, to me, that was the biggest gaffe, but that was not the only thing that, that held this team back in terms of coaching. I mean, the, if you look at the drive right before the end of this game where the Ravens just decided they were going to run it into like use Melvin Gordon and just run it up the gut and try and run out of the, the clock that that seemed to make no sense whatsoever. They're empty sets consistently um, with the wide nine guy. And I, I would say that, you know, I wonder whether or not these wide um, these wide outside rushers are, are going to be a thing that the Ravens are going to either have to figure out or teams are going to be able to use effectively because it seemed like it was the wide guys coming around the edge when there wasn't any help in the backfield or help on that side that was really giving Lamar a lot of trouble. That was where the fumble came from, you know, on, on the drive, the first fumble um, in the first quarter uh, that happened. And so you wonder whether, you know, what are those decisions like? Because you look at the second half of the Houston game and, you saw Houston terrorize the Ravens on the edge with that same wide nine look in the first half of that game. And then they cleaned it up. Um, and so if that's, if, if it's as simple as just adjusting kind of some of your protections in those cases, or if you're going to send five guys out on routes, there was one where five guys went out on routes. Um, I think it was Drake. It was one of the, I think it was Drake. Um, and Lamar thought he was hot and Drake is running the angle route and not looking at Lamar. Right. And if you're the hot read, um, you know, if, he, if they complete that play, it's a 30 yard game. Like there, there was Drake had a blocker in front of him, had nobody on him. He was going to be able to make some trouble on that play. Um, you know, what are the what's the decision making process when when you're going through that and you've already seen your line struggle for the entirety of the game? You got to get these hot routes together. Um, you can't, you know, there was on the play where Lamar takes the sack, um, where at the end of the game, which was the devastating one, he's looking at Andrews. The, the Ravens are essentially running four verticals or something very similar, four deep routes, and nobody's looking back at Lamar, right? And so what do you, like, it becomes really tough in that situation. If you're the quarterback and you expect somebody to be reading hot and they're not, like, you don't want to just throw that ball out there willy-nilly either, right? And so, you know, it's just, these are the kind of little things, and I, I guess that goes a little bit into what you were talking about, but to me, these are firmly on the coaching staff. These are things that have to get cleaned up. They're decisions that have to get cleaned up. I still don't agree with the decision to go for it on fourth down, given the condition and the way the Ravens were playing the game at that point. I think, like, I know it seems like you're playing for the tie, but the Colts just didn't have that far to go to be able to kick a field goal. And so I, I still think this game ultimately was on the coaching. So I, I definitely agree that the coaching was not up to par. Um, and I think with a lot of your, your, your points are, are definitely well taken. I think the one um, that to me bothered me was really more of the offensive play calling 
and and some of the things you're talking about with the protections because I do think that the Colts and and you know going back to week one, um, the Texans had a really smart um, rush kind of scheme. You know they were they were bringing extra players and disguising it. Um, they were doing some kind of like some like twists and stunts with with their with their linebackers and, and the offensive line was having a tough time like picking that up. Um, in in this game in particular, I I think you know the Ravens just didn't have the right blocking schemes in order to pick up the Indianapolis Colts pressure packages. And there's definitely a through line there of having trouble against the blitz. Um, and, and especially some of these creative disguise blitzes where um, the O-line really struggled. And I'm not sure if that's, you know, a function of some of the new players along the O-line. Um, that's more of a potential excuse for this game than it was from week one. But it's definitely something that they're going to have to clean up because teams, like we talked about before, are going to identify that as something as a way to beat, you know, the Ravens' offense. Um, Lamar Jackson was really bad in this game when he was pressured. Um, when he was given a clean pocket, he played really well. Um, he did turn some of those pressures into nice gains on scrambles. Um, so, and that's some that's part of his game that he's always going to have. But um, instead of you know trying to figure out how to protect better, they just seem to use this the short kind of passing game as a way to get the ball out quick and, and avoid having being affected by those those blitzes and i just felt like it really kind of limited what they were doing offensively and i think that was a big part of why you know they struggled to really have any momentum you know all the things that we saw in in week two they were kind of pushing the ball downfield attacking intermediate and deep um that was completely off the table in this game they, they did not throw the ball downfield at all it was all these really quick short passes to zay flowers um, you know, some short passes to, you know, to, to Mark Andrews as, as well. Um, and it just seemed like they didn't have an answer or, or a way to kind of combat, like, what was a pretty basic back-end coverage? It wasn't like the Col- Colts were doing anything weird on the back-end. It was a lot of zone, or zone, like, cover three, cover four, um, some cover two, you know, just mixing the standard zone coverages. Um, and, they, and they weren't even able to attack, like, the voids in the zones. And I'm not sure why they didn't try to do that maybe it was conditions you know maybe it was some of the not trusting the o-line to protect um but those don't necessarily have to be long developing plays and, and the route combinations to kind of attack those zones i didn't see um very frequently and you know there's a couple where it might have been been missed by by lamar but like overall i just i just don't think that greg monk or todd monk <laughs> start calling him greg again um <laughs> had some bad um you know, he just had some bad uh, play designs in this one. And, and and you mentioned, you know, kind of like the, the leaning on Melvin Gordon in, in critical time in this game, like to close it out. He wasn't getting the job done. You know, he, he, he was not, he's not Gus Edwards. He's not that guy that we talked about last week. It needs to be a closer for the offense. Um, and, and instead of, you know, potentially using somebody like, you know, Devin Duvernay on, on jet sweeps. I mean, they, they did give Zay Flowers a jet sweep. It was completely ineffective. That's a play he, where he got face masked and it wasn't called. Um, but, you know, be a little more creative. You know, they, they seem to just kind of go into like a weird space in the, in the, in the four minute offense. And they were not able to pick up even like a single first down when, when they needed to. And it, it, that was like kind of, I think, the most disappointing thing for me because they had chance after chance after chance at the end of this game to put it away. And they just failed over and over and over again. And that's, that's something that is, is hopefully just, you know, getting a bad game out of the system. But if, if that continues, and, and they can't finish games like that, like what we saw in week two, if that's going to be a problem all season, then it's going to be something that's going to be, you know, a challenge for them. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's frustrating to see what wasn't a terribly interesting offense overall in a home game, a game where you should have the crowd to your advantage. Like there are just a lot of things that feel like, they should have gone a little bit differently in this game in terms of preparation. You don't want to see that at home. And, you know, hopefully we'll chalk this up to what you alluded to a couple podcasts ago of it being a potential trap game. The Ravens were just looking ahead a little bit. You execute better. The players execute a little better in this game, even outside of some of those situations. Um, I think that there's an opportunity that, that it cleans up a little bit better. So, you know, I think it could have been better coached. I still put the loss on the coaching. I think, you know, there wasn't the execution that you want from the players, but there, there were enough splash and quality plays, um, during this game that, that they, they, they should have been able to win if they were put in a little bit better of a position overall. There are certainly games where, um, 
that's not the case. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, I think this leads nicely into kind of the second hot take that, that or the one that I, that I posted was, you know, you can't expect to make all these mistakes and, and win a football game. Like these mistakes have to be cleaned up, and I and you know, that's not anything that's too like novel. <laughs> like obviously, you know, if you make you know turn if you lose a turnover battle to nothing. If you you know turn the ball over on fourth down and, and over time, it's not great. Um, that that's that's common sense stuff. But like just the little things, you know, you know, we talked about um, you know the hot the hot routes. Like that's a thing like that shouldn't happen. You know, in in NFL football, you know, your your receivers should know. You know, if if you're having your defender like run by you to blitz the quarterback, you need to turn around and present yourself as a target to be able to you know get out of that route and get to the place where you need to be to be available for him to find you. Um, and that was missed on several plays. Um, you know, Lamar's accuracy, I think he had a couple throws. Um, there was one to Zay Flowers on the first overtime drive. That could have gone for a touchdown, and he just missed him. It, he had green space in front of him, and he just threw the ball behind him. Um, obviously, you know, the drop by Isaiah Likely and in the final drive that led to the failed fourth down conversion. If he just catches that ball, game's over like little things like that throughout you know the turnovers we talked about the bad snap um penalties in, in critical situations wasn't actually an issue in this game like they, i think they only had one um penalty that it was called during the entire game or that was that was um that they, it was accepted um but still like other things like just um like the the head coaching mistakes we talked about you know or the the play calling mistakes like the calling for the fair catch like that that probably cost them just that one play so like these things are correctable but at the same time like you have to be able to be able to execute in 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 these in these games at, at the player level one of the things that was posted um prior to the game i don't know if it was on saturday but there was one of those you know ravens accounts or it might have been pff zero drops from the ravens receivers or it might have been ravens wide receivers regardless there was a critical drop in this game i lost in the game you know like if if if, if that's the kind of thing that is going to come up in key moments you're going to lose the game like you just can't make those mistakes and sometimes it's as simple as just catching the ball and that's that's the difference in the game yeah i mean the likely catch the zay flowers miss connection there i mean our our big ones is just Hopefully these kinks are just ones to get worked out. I think, I, and I do think it's interesting that both of these games have been, you know, were played on wet fields and kind of tagged to weather. And so, you know, maybe maybe that's some of it. You know, Lamar's, you know, sloppiness overall um, in terms of kind of protecting the ball from a fumble perspective. The Mustafer bad snap. I mean, some of those aren't completely on Lamar, but um, you know, you take just some of these little mistakes away, and this is a team that that's going to be able to win. So. You know, I totally agree with you there. Um, you know, you just ultimately teams that win in big moments aren't making these mistakes. This wasn't a game that was a big moment game. It certainly was messy in a lot of other ways. So these are the kind of things that get can get, can get cleaned up. But these are the kind of things that are also going to cost you in this game coming up against Cleveland and Pittsburgh. I don't think either of them are, um, you know, I guess it's early in the season, so to say two and one, but I don't think either of them look like kind of like 12 plus win teams. These are very winnable games for the Ravens, but they're going to be tough games because they're divisional. They're going to be tough games because they're on the road. Um, and a couple costly mistakes are going to cost you the game coming up. And so hopefully it's lesson learned um, and focused for those guys to be dialed in in, in the moments that they have to be. Um, I think one of the other things that concerned me, and I mentioned this as my other hot take in this game, was that the special teams is just not quite been what it's been historically, you know, looking and especially in kind of the return game and the big Colts return in this game. I, I rewatched that punt and the gunner coming up the left side basically overruns the guy on the punt block by almost 15 yards, like just just runs himself like behind the returner. Right. And like it's very rare when you see a guy like when you see a guy kind of completely run himself out of that play and then he essentially gives the Colts another blocker going back in the other direction because he overran it um, so badly. And so the, the, the Ravens have got to, you know, in a situation where every single one of your depth guys is active, you've got, it really begs the question why the special teams kind of situation is, is not totally tight and linked up 
um, and ready to go. Jordan Stout has looked good. Tucker's looked good. You know, anybody that wants to criticize him for missing a 61-yard kick in the rink and, you know, and, and when it came up short and it was online, you know, th th that's just that's just how football works and that's going to happen. And I have no it, – it's not – I'm not blaming Justin Tucker for missing that kick. Um, but I, did he has he missed another kick this year? Am I remembering that correctly? I think he did miss one other. Um, um, I think it was – might have been week one. He pushed one. It was, it was a long kick one. as well. It was like a 58-yarder or something. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's just – Very long it, kicks, though. The Ravens have been good at picking their spots of making sure that they're putting Tucker in a position where, you know, and maybe it's the weather and the rain. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your law Lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We've seen, you know, I know Tucker missed those kicks in the Buffalo playoff game a few years ago. So did the other kicker. So, again, these none of these are criticisms against Tucker. But the aggregate of what we're seeing from the special teams units is not the not been great overall i think the dvoa going into week two the ravens were dead last in special teams that's really a stunner. yeah they were wow. 31st or wow. 32nd yeah which is really out of character um i think it's something that they got to get figured out and they got to get cleaned up and it feels like they're carrying a bunch of corners kind of down the depth chart chain obviously tylen wallace getting hurt hurt was was to the disadvantage because he's one of their better gunners um, justice hill also being out probably hurts them because he's one of their gunners um, so, so maybe that's where that's coming from, but it's got to tighten up because the way the Raven, you know, especially when you're going to play in this bend, don't break defense style, right? You, you talked a little bit about how it was successful for what Mike McDonald was doing for the most part against the, against the Colts, but in those situations where you're making mistakes and giving the ball over away in midfield or worse, um, in those situations where you're not winning the field position battle, you know, you're asking your team to take a lot more snaps. I think the Ravens in this Colts game took, you know, 15 or 16 less snaps on offense than the Colts did. Um, those are going to add up on your defense. That's part of why I didn't love the call not to punt at the end of that game. Um, you know, you're just, you're already tired. You're down pass rushers. You're in a, you're, you know, you're, you're in that situation where you haven't been kind of completely shut down mode. Um, they've got to figure out a way to make the, the special teams unit part of where they're going to get back and winning again. Um, and so I think they can do it there. There's no indication that, you know, I, I'm my take is correct that if it's this bad all year long, it's going to be a problem for this team. And I think it's going to come back to bite them. I don't my take is not that I think that I'm seeing things that can't be corrected um, and that it's not an, that we're not going to see improvement from Tucker, et cetera, as this moves along. Hopefully there'll be fewer games in the rain. We're not going to see some crazy snow games some different things like that overall. Um, but it is something that I, 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 you've got to imagine as a point of focus for John Harbaugh right now. In this oh locker yeah, room. for sure. And, you know, I wasn't aware, I mean, that they were like dead last or 31st out 32 teams. Like, I mean, they, they've been historically top three, top five unit in special teams DVA for ever since John Harbaugh took over as a head coach. Uh, it's one of the, been the most consistent things over year over year in, in all football. Um, so I completely agree with you. It's going to be a point of emphasis for them. Um, and it, it really has been, you know, a couple of weeks in a row and, and maybe even I'm trying to think of week one, if it, how bad it was, but um, obviously week two, they had the, the return for a touchdown. You know, last week there were a couple that were like, you know, 20, 30 yard returns. Like that is completely um, out of, out of the norm for, for the Ravens. So, um, and, and, and those are big plays, you know, it's, it's points. It's, it's leading to points that like when you get the ball returned 30 yards and you're, you know, at basically at midfield or, or wherever it may be, um, that makes it so much harder on the defense. Um, and, you know, as, as well as I think we both can agree that defense played in this game, like they were not set up um, from a, often from like a, a field position um, side of things. And, you know, the one time where they did get pinned or they, they did pin 
the Colts on that uh, really nice uh, Jordan Stout punt, you know, you know, they turned it into a safety. Like, um, I, I think, you know, I know this is special teams kind of take, but the defense really, you know, I thought played fantastic in this game um, and huge contributions from guys like Kyle Hamilton coming in and being like a star pass rusher for them, a blitzer off the edge. Um, they needed that kind of production with some of the outside yes. linebacker injuries. So um, I, I do think the special teams will get better. I'm not going to put any blame on Justin Tucker for missing a 58 yarder or 61 yarder. Um, you know, we were, we were watching this game in a bar with a bunch of Ravens fans and we saw that kick. And we all thought it was good. You know, just, just the track record of Tucker, it looked, you know, straight down the middle. I do think it, you know, it might've gotten bogged down a little bit by the weather, you know, a, a heavier ball. Um, it just doesn't quite have as much, you know, um, uh, boot or just not buoyed as much by like the temperature, um, so that's something that yeah, I'm not expecting that to be an issue. The, the the one thing that is really what makes special teams special teams now is is the punt coverage, punt coverage and punt returns. Like that that is the one main special teams play. Like kick returns are like pretty much non not part of the game anymore. Like you're kicking it out of the end zone, you know, 95% of the time. Um, but if you can't cover on on those punts, um, it's going to be problematic for you, and that that needs to be cleaned up for sure. So I don't know, do you have any other special teams comments? No, but I, I mean, I will echo that. I, I agree with you that I thought the defense played exceptionally well in this game and certainly deserves some credit. You know, they, they, they really got after it in every situation that they needed to. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really unfortunate to kind of have, um, I don't want to say a wasted effort, um, but you know, if, if things go differently, if, if the Ravens managed to, you know, win that game, conversation is totally different it's all about how kyle hamilton was a star three sacks on like three blitzes in the first half like it was basically identical plays that he was able to you know execute perfectly um come clean because of you know the way they had like the 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 front aligned um you know lamar jackson like if you look at his stat line it, it was interesting because like the passing numbers were like pretty poor but the rushing numbers were were really impressive um, and what he was able to do with his feet in this game is something we hadn't seen in the previous two weeks. Um, so that was kind of a nice wrinkle that I think is going to be there for the offense, you know, as they need it. Um, two, two rushing touchdowns and, and like those those quarterback draws were, were there pretty much the entire game. Um, so that's something that I think is going to be potentially leaned into a little bit more um, throughout the season, um, especially if, if the, the regular running game is, isn't going as much as it could be. Um you know, but that kind of leads me into like the last hot take I had, which was um, we might have gone too excited too quickly about the Ravens offense, uh, you know, the Todd Munkin, Lamar Jackson offense. Uh, you know, Lamar had a press conference today where he was talking about it. And he basically said, you know, it's 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 September, you know, this week three, like there's issues that are going to happen. And I think, you know, we all saw like the progression from week one to week two. And we got excited and said, you know, this offense is already here. It's ready to go. But there are still moving pieces. You know, there's, there's new players on the offensive line. There's we're on to like what the fourth, fifth string running backs at this point. Um, you know, wide receivers have been hurt consistently, you know, game in game out. Like um, it's, it's, it's kind of tough to just like expect the offense to click on all, all cylinders right out the gate. You know, there's some teams out there that might've gotten there, you know, like Miami, for example, like not everybody is going to look like that immediately. Um, it's a new offensive coordinator. Obviously, there's a lot of things that are that are still being installed. So I'm going to kind of give them the benefit of the doubt and say, you know, things are going to get better. We've seen the upside. We've seen the potential of what the offense can look like. Unfortunately, we've seen the downside as well. Hopefully, you know, those kind of plays are in going to be like put behind us. But I do think, you know, we can't expect it to just be, you know, perfect every single time from here on out. Like there's going to be times when there are some struggles. Um, and it might be due to the, you know, the opponent they're facing. Um, I'm not expecting, you know, a fireworks show by the offense this coming week against Cleveland. They have a really good defense. We'll get to that in a, in a few minutes. But um, I would just say temper expectations a little bit, you know. And I think that's a reasonable take to have at this point. I don't think it's going to be awful. I don't think we're going to have to worry about, you know, complete disasters for, of, of, of an offensive performance. But it might not be, you know, something that looks like it's – working seamlessly and, 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 you know, you know, oiled gears and all, and all that right out the bat. So I think by the end of the season, that's when we want it to look like that for, for the, 
right now, the start of the season, it, it might have some issues still. Yeah, you know, for an offense that scored 17 points, it certainly felt like there were a few breakaway points where this easily this easily could have been a 27, 24, 27 point, you know, performance overall. If a couple plays go right, you take away the fumbles and kind of the lack of rhythm that resulted from some of those fumbles as well. Um, and the opportunity was definitely there. So, I mean, no offense that's completely brand new like this, I think is going to be there right away. And, and I do think that the Ravens are struggling with some identity crisis, right? Like, you know, we saw... You know, Ray, Lamar had some scrambles in this game, but we saw them kind of get lean a little bit back towards, um, you know, some of those call design runs for him. I have no problem, by the way, with the Ravens having essentially the exact same number of design runs for Lamar as they had under Greg Roman. I, I, I have I have no issue with that at all whatsoever. Uh, I think that's something that can still be successful with this and, and can continue to keep defenses honest. But at the same time, you know, my biggest concern is with something that you mentioned earlier, which is the Ravens did not take shots down the field against the Colts defense that was not showing great pass, like pass defense chops overall. And if that's what we're, if that's what we're looking at, what's going on, what's going on in Todd Munkin's head then in those situations, where are the game plans looking like, not only is it, have they not necessarily arrived because they're coordinated enough on that, but like, where, where is that coming from? Cause, cause any, if, if there's anything that's going to protect Lamar more and more and more as the season progresses, it's going to be attacking downfield. And it's going to be able to be stretching the play, the, this field vertically. We've talked about it for the last three freaking years about how what this team needs to do is be able to stretch. The, the, the more they can stretch defenses vertically, the more benefits they're going to get from all the things that Lamar does best. Um, and so when you don't force teams to do that, and maybe the – like. You said that you know the Colts did play you know a different variation of looks, and Gus Bradley seems to have a really good beat on kind of Lamar and and kind of the defenses and kind of how to call against that. But you know you got to break the mold and figure out how to get through that. So um, you know I, I don't think there's a whole lot more that I want to say about this <laughs> last week's game, <laughs> only just because it was so frustrating. I mean I think we've talked about a lot of the plays that we broke down. Right there was the the Flowers play across the middle that de- didn't happen. You know. The likely, the likely drop. There was one scramble where I thought Lamar had Day Flowers over the top and scrambled, um, yes, and and didn't throw it there because he didn't. Maybe he didn't see him. We didn't love how they were kind of stretching the field. We've talked about a couple of those third down drives. You know, they're they're just it, it. just was one of those games where it felt like it was there, and then the only penalty they take in the entire game ends up being also potentially a backbreaking penalty because it was one that kept the clock running and, and kept 40, 40 more seconds off the clock. And so, um, it, again, it's just like one of those situations, everything that could go wrong, you know, in that, especially kind of in that context, it, it did. So um, hopefully this is a bounce back that we're going to see from this team overall. I, you know, it, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see. And I think that's, you know, we're looking ahead to this Cleveland team that's coming up um, overall, but I think, Oh, I forgot about this. We, we got to do our secret stars for the week. Um <laughs> And, I, you know, I'm going to go defense on my secret star for this week. I, I thought it was Patrick Queen. Um, I think that one of the things that I've noticed, I think that it, the Roquan is playing a little bit aggressive to the strong side of plays, and teams have seen that and have been attacking it a bit on the backside. But I think Patrick Queen has stayed really disciplined this year. He's made almost all of his open field tackles. Even that touchdown pass to Moss, he was he was on his hip. Like even, you know, whether that's whether you want to call that OPI or not, you're not going to get a lot better coverage um, from from your linebacker. Um, and it seemed like the Colts were trying to attack Queen. There were a couple times early in the game where they were looking to try and isolate a back or a tight end or a wide receiver with Queen, and he stuck with it. Um, I've been really impressed with his game. It'll be, you know, it, it, it's making it an impossibility that it'll continue to be a Raven moving forward. Um, and I think that already the, you know, the ship had kind of sailed, so to speak, on that for the Ravens overall. But um, I'm really interested to see how he plays wherever he goes next, whether it is in Baltimore, which is unlikely or not. I think he's really grown as a player, especially here in year four compared to, you know, year one for sure. But even we've seen big steps of growth from Queen every year, and, and he's he's really played nicely so far this year. Yeah, he's been, you know, a really nice player. Um, I mean, he, he's looked like a, really big contributor to the team ever since, you know, Rokon Smith uh, was, was brought over. Um, I, I think, you know, he kind of unlocked, you know, Queen's potential and able to slide him into his more natural position. Um, and, and the two of them, you know, are really 
good together. So it, it, it'll be unfortunate, you know, in the like, in all likelihood when, when Queen leaves. Um, Cause I think, I think some team is going to give him a lot of money and, and, you know, based on the play that we've seen over the past year, I think he definitely deserves it. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm in full agreement with you. He's, he's looked really good so far this season. Um, and I, I think he's going to continue to play at that level. Like there's no reason for me to expect that, that performance to drop off at all. Um, and the, the player that I wanted to talk about real quick here as a secret star was, was Devin Duvernay. You know, he didn't have much of a role in this game at all, but the one thing that he did was that he had that return that should have set up the game winning, winning drive for them. Um, and I went back and looked at that and it was not really blocked. Well, it was Devin Duvernay making players miss, um, you know, kind of like using his speed, using his shiftiness in the open field, um, really, you know, take putting the team on his back in that moment and and putting them in a position that they should have, you know, to win the game after that. Um, so I just want to, you know, give him props for that because it kind of gets lost, you know, in, in the whole mix of everything that happened and went wrong for the team. I would have liked to see him maybe get a little bit more utilization as a runner in this game. You know, we, we saw him a little bit in week two, lined up in the backfield a couple of times. I don't see why you don't use him in this game at all when you're down running backs um you're basically you know scraping the bottom of the barrel with with melvin gordon you know i feel like you get a little bit more explosiveness with with duvernay so uh, maybe it's because you know he had to be playing more wide receiver with the injuries but i still feel like they missed out on a little bit of opportunity there but um i i, I would like to see him you know maybe be utilized a little bit more in the offense because i think he is someone who can be used on some of those you know gadget plays you know the end arounds the jet sweeps um potential like screens wide receiver screens he's been effective in that role before so you know especially with some of the injuries that have been happening at both the wide receiver and running back positions i think he deserves a more of a look um in the, in the offense moving forward yeah i you know the ravens i i, I did a podcast with uh, ken mccusick over uh, film study ravens and i said the same thing it, it, it's this the ravens just refuse to kind of use duvernay out of that backfield look even though they can they just don't want to, even when they need to, you know, in a situation where Gus Edwards has gone down and you've got all those other things going on and they still do that anyway. So be interesting to see what they do with him. But uh, but regardless of what they do with him, it's a tall task coming up here against this Cleveland team. They have looked phenomenal on defense so far. They're entirely healthy on that side of the ball. Um, and what we're seeing from Jim Schwartz over there is calling a really nice game. Miles Garrett is he's moving him around and using him as a terror um, inside, outside, left side, right side. Um, they've been playing kind of depth and, and you know, at all levels of capacity. So um, it's a good, it's going to be a tall task for this Ravens team. But again, I think that some of, some of the, the familiarity of a divisional game is going to make this a little bit better. And I think we're going to see a bit of a better performance overall against Cleveland. Knock on wood, there's no weather coming up uh, off the lake scheduled for this, uh, this weekend. Yeah, the um, I mean, the, the weather might impact both teams negatively. Um, we, we we saw that in Week One when Cleveland played Cincinnati, that was a kind of a slap fest. Um, with there, and both teams really had ugly looking offensive performances. Um, so that that might actually, I don't know if that will work in the Ravens' favor, but it might level the playing field a little bit to a certain extent. But yeah, I mean, you're right about I mean the the Browns' defense. It looks phenomenal. It looks like it's probably you know up there with maybe like the Cowboys. Um, maybe the Niners just, and even the Steelers maybe as like one of the better units um, in the NFL this year. I, I would actually put the Ravens up there too. I think they played really well. Um, so it, I think this is going to be a defensive effort for sure. Um, if you look at, you know, the offensive side of the ball, I think the Ravens have more talent, you know, especially with the, uh, the Nick Chubb injury. So hopefully, you know, that might tilt the scales in their favor a little bit, but it's going to be tough. Um, I do think the Browns, you know, kind of, record-breaking performance through three weeks and if you look at some metrics is due to the teams they've played you know they had that awful joe burrow week one experiment where he couldn't even throw the ball um taking glove off putting the glove on like all that nonsense like he looked completely lost um week two they had a really bad steelers team um, week three a really bad tennessee titans team like these are not good offenses they're playing so i i think that the ravens are by far the best kind of like unit that they're going to go against and, th and that really test them but I i'm not saying it's going to be easy by any stretch and and it, it, the browns defensive front is loaded um it's really going to just come down to can can the, can the ravens you know come up with a way to attack them cut down on the mistakes 
and just play smart football. I, I think these Browns Ravens games have been really close over the past few years. Like they're even though like there may be big discrepancies in talent on one side or the other, they always seem to come close. Um, so we'll we'll see what what comes out of it. I, I think you know the Ravens have a chance to pull this one out, but I, I would definitely expect a, a kind of a low scoring game. Um, and I think it's it's going to probably come down to probably the last drive, uh, to be honest. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully it doesn't, but we'll see. You know, I, <laughs> I think you know, I think that the the X factor here is that I think Deshaun Watson might be cooked, um, and I think that the Cleveland offense is not good, um, and that the Ravens are going to be able to potentially shut them down there. Their lack of depth at the outside linebacker position, I think, is a bit of a concern in that regard. But I think overall. Um, the Ravens are are well positioned to really shut down anything that Cleveland's going to do. You get a good couple special teams performances, you flip the field a few times, and and these games that are that are low scoring can get away from you quickly because the other team just can't get it going. Um, so I'm optimistic about this week, but it's going to be a tough one. You got to be on the road in Cleveland. Um, you know, I think I think that are the Ravens favorite in this game. They should be. No, I don't know. They were heading into last week, but you know, after the after the way the those two games outcomes, it wouldn't surprise me if if, if Cleveland's favorite now. Um, I'll look it up real quick. My my guess is it's actually going to be a, a um, Cleveland's probably favored by like yeah yeah Cleveland's half. actually three point favorites now. Um, yeah, which is a little surprising. That's a big turn because I think the Ravens were favored by a point and a half going into last week's game. So that's a big turnaround. Um, and I don't know if that's based off of, you know, just the performance from last week. Um, it's, it's definitely going to be part of the, the calculus there. But um, I, I think I think Cleveland is getting a, maybe a little bit too much um, credit, <laughs> especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Hopefully this is a game where the, where the Ravens can come back and, you know, put the bad performance of week three behind them and, and, you know, really come out and have one of their best games like they did in, in week two versus the Bengals. Yeah, definitely. And I'm certainly hoping that the Ravens have a little bit tighter play. We have a few more, you know, Lamar was a magician in this game. You know, I, I know that, um, you know, there were some things that he probably could have done better. Ball security is certainly on that list, but he's a wizard. I mean, there, there are still just plays where he is doing things that, you wouldn't believe that he could do. And, and I, 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 I remain astounded at some of the pockets that he gets out of the tackles that he makes guys miss the ability to not get taken down really hard. Um, you know, despite all of kind of that extra mileage overall. And, and it definitely looks like he's, there are a couple runs on this game and it just feels like for the last two years that have been a, probably 10 different runs where it felt like he was a shoestring tackle away from taking it from 40, 50 plus yards, maybe even a house call from, from far away. So, um, you know, that's the X factor in all these games. Hopefully the Ravens can tighten up enough around some of those magical moments that they let Lamar find his way to success and pick up a big win here coming up in Cleveland. So, um, I, I feel good about this game, but you never know. We'll see. Hopefully this is not a repeat of 2019 where uh, we're overly worried about kind of what that two-game losing streak looks like. But even if it is, I think the Ravens are going to come back healthier. Tyus Bowser looks like he's going to be ready to come back at that point. Um, Justice Hill's knocking on the door. Um, it doesn't seem like the Beckham injury. I'll be interested to see if he practices tomorrow. For all of the fear around some of the injuries that happened, at least none of them other than J.K. Dobbins have been kind of season-ending so far or don't appear to be season-ending so far, um, and that's a good sign for this Ravens team too. So uh, any other thoughts about the Cleveland game? You know, not really. Just just want to piggyback on what you said about Lamar. Like, you know, he has so many plays where it's like, how on earth did he do that? You know, the, the run, the first score, he had a touchdown. At first, I thought it was a scramble. I realized that it was a design run after a replay. Um, but I was like, just, just go out of bounds, you know, th or throw the ball away. Like it looks like there's no chance in hell that he's going to make it into the end zone or even pick up positive yardage. And he turned it into a touchdown somehow. Um, I think it was an RPO. I, I still think it was our, because, yeah, it because he would have gotten in the, the end zone much more easily if not, but Morgan Moses very definitively stops at one point and the safety is probably three and a half yards away from him and he doesn't go up and block him. And that's the reason why I thought it was an RPO. Hmm. It could that could be the case, um, but but either way, you know, Lamar like he's he's doing some amazing things with his legs. You know, some of some of the the sacks that he avoided, two of them, I think, like defenders like clean clean like lined him up, like he was going to go down for sure, and he was able to escape. Um, 
and and one of them he made like a pretty big gain on off of it so um him like be playing at his best where he's he knows when to kind of tuck it and run and knows when to stay in the pocket and, and try to extend the play and, and find a receiver when he's at his best and making those decisions um and, and is playing like at ease and, and and comfortably like he's the best quarterback in the league when he's playing like that um when, when he kind of gets in his head a little bit and like it looks like he doesn't know what what the correct decision is that's when i think he second guesses um sometimes he takes sacks then sometimes like he you know will, will try to extend a little too long and, and that's where it gets a little dangerous but you know i'm hoping that he's just you know confident and like feeling good about you know what he can do with his feet and what and having trust in his receivers to make plays for him too. I think that's a big part of, you know, why some of the other receivers haven't been as involved. Um, seems like he has his favorite targets definitely. So um, hopefully, you know, he has like one of his best games of the season and, and they come out on all cylinders and, and, and make it, you know, a, a joke that, that the Browns were even favored at all in this game. Well, we, we're looking forward to joining you guys to, to cover that Cleveland game. We'd love to hear from you. Check out those hot takes. I, I think some people ca caught on to uh, my lack of ability to say adversity here uh, <laughs> in this last podcast. That was fun. Uh, we'd love to engage with you. We'd love to hear your hot takes. We, 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 we're even willing to plug them uh, if you get them to us before we end up recording. We, we, we try and record within an hour or so of the game so we can – so the, the takes are genuinely hot and emotional uh, and a little fun from the residual of the game and watching the game together. So uh, we'd love to have you guys join us. Um, I'm Jordan Coe. I'm at Raven Sit Room on Twitter. He's Gabe Ferguson. You can find him at Gabe Fergie. And uh, we're looking forward to having you next time in the Situation Room. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E, 2-0. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.